one of us lived up to our potential and managed our resources so well that we could provide for ourselves, our families, and our communities in a meaningful and substantial way. Join Step Right with Lynn, the show dedicated to empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. Here's Lynn Wedham, Certified Financial Planner and Managing Partner at Step Right Capital Planning. Good morning. This lovely morning, we're going to talk about taxes. Uh, and certainly taxes are a part of our planning. Paul Drillard is going to give us some thoughts about completing income tax returns. It's been said that death and taxes are inevitable, but the thing is, death doesn't repeat itself. And here we are approaching tax time again. Did you ever think about this? Isn't it appropriate that the month of the tax begins with April Fool's Day and ends with cries of May Day? Well, Paul's going to help us out so that we aren't crying May Day. Paul Gillard is a chartered, chartered professional accountant serving clients throughout the Waterloo region. Paul has over 20 years of business experience with companies such as IBM, Hallmark Cards, Masco Industries, and other companies in the agricultural, transportation, consumer products, and processed food industries as either president, general manager, or chief financial officer. Paul saw a need for a professional services company for businesses that don't have their own highly skilled financial and administrative staff. The need was apparently real because the business he started has grown into DSK, a team of accounting professionals serving the Waterloo region. Paul is currently on the board of the Cambridge Shelter Corporation, on the investment committee with the Cambridge Community Foundation, and the building committee for the Cambridge Memorial Hospital. He's taught accounting and tax at Conestoga College during the evenings. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Lynn. Welcome to the show today. Thank you very much. Before we get started into uh, the plan material, I've got two questions to ask you, and I want to see if I can stump you on these two. Okay. It's a okay. good morning, so go ahead. Okay. What do cannibal tax advisors do after their office Christmas dinner? What do cannibal tax advisors do? Yep. After tax season. After their office Christmas dinner. After office Christmas dinner. Yeah. What do cannibal tax advisors do after their office Christmas dinner? They eat the bill. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) They toast their clients. (laughs) They toast their clients. (laughs) Yes. Maybe you know the answer to this one. (laughs) What did the cannibal tax auditor uh, get disciplined? Or why did the cannibal tax auditor get disciplined? He poured salt in their wounds. <laughs> well, that's a good one. <laughs> For buttering up her clients. Okay. <laughs> well, that was a good that was a good uh, answer too. Thanks. I, I give I give you credit for for coming up with something as an answer to that. <laughs> um Paul, none of us would choose to pay more tax than we need to. Um but do people sometimes pay more tax than they need to? You know, you'd be surprised how many people do pay more taxes than they have to, and the CRA will never tell you that you did pay more taxes than you have to. And sometimes they don't even know, and it's different things that happen that uh, you might not know yourself if you're preparing your own tax return. I'll give you a few examples. Um, a lot of people don't know that dividend income 
can be claimed. Like if you have a, a, a husband and a wife, either person can claim, can claim all of the dividends, regardless of who earned them. Mm. With dividends, there's a dividend tax credit, which ups, which reduces the taxes payable. So sometimes by grouping all the dividends together and putting it on one individual instead of each person claiming their own, actually benefits the person because of the use of that dividend tax credit. So that's one issue that's we know that, so we play with those numbers to see who gets the best benefit when we do tax returns for people. Hmm. Another one is, a big one is just not declaring all the tax credits. There's a lot of tax credits out there for attendant care, caregiving, tuition, interest on student loans, transit. There's a bunch of different tax credits, and especially the attendant care, caregiving with the demographics. But people are getting older, we have more people that are caring for elderly folks. A lot of people don't know about that credit and don't take advantage of it unless they actually get a professional to hire them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's quite a few, actually. I can go through uh, one more common one. Sure. Child, child, care, child care expenses. If you have a husband and wife working together in a business and they decide to take dividends out of their business instead of uh, a wage, dividends are not earned income. And if they happen to have child care in order for both of them to go to that office to work, there's no deduction available for that child care. Oh. So things like that have to be considered before you actually uh, pay yourself. So get advice. This is the, the main thing beforehand, not after. And and you must have to ask people a lot of questions um, to really know what their situations are as far as um, you know caregiver and and child care, like you, you really have to know what's going on in their lives. You really do, and that's the benefit of uh, seeing the client repeatedly every year. Like honestly, the first year, yes, we have to ask a lot of questions to try and get an answer of to what their life is all about, and hopefully they tell us everything. Second year, we get to know them better, and we just start making notes in our files that says, "Oh yeah, I remember that you said your wife was pregnant last year. Did you have the baby? What was the birth date? So we can make sure we get the tax credit for the children." Um, it's just the more we know you, the more we can make sure that you benefit from every possible tax deduction possible. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and I guess I, I guess the onus is on the um, the client to a certain extent to make sure that that they tell you about changes in their situations too. We, we do send out a newsletter at the start of every tax season asking about your changes for the year. Did you have a parent move back home with you? Did you have anybody, unfortunately, pass oh. away? But you still have to take time to read it and fill it in and send it back to us. Right. And I'm sure you've seen many clients that just don't read things that they get all the time. Yeah, not always. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay. Yeah, so I would I would think that sometimes people wouldn't realize that, that their accountant you know the tax preparer needs to know these things about them but um but i think it's it's a good point to really make clear that um that their professionals do need to know what's going on around them to give them the best advice yeah they have, they have to know that uh, whatever they tell us is strictly private it does not go beyond us and it's only for their own benefit that we understand and we hear all these things that are going on in their life so Next to their most trusted uh, advisor, which is their spouse, we should know just what everything else from a financial point of view and sometimes even from a non-financial point of view what's going mm-hmm. on in their lives so we can advise them properly. Sure. What about fees and, and penalties? Do people sometimes get into situations where they're charged some penalties? 
Yeah, there's interest costs and there's uh, penalties. Um, interest costs come from filing your tax return um, and not having it paid on time. So if you actually are self-employed and you owe more than $3,000 in tax, you have to provide them with installment payments during the year. So even if you pay your tax on time by April 30th, they will still charge you interest on the late installment payments. Oh, if you file your okay. tax return late and you owe them money, they'll charge you a penalty for late filing. So April 30th is the deadline for employees. June 15th is the deadline for self-employees. So if you owe taxes, make sure you get your tax return filed on time. April 30th is still the tax deadline for payment of taxes. That's why we try and put all of our self-employed to get their tax return done by April 30th as well. Okay. Yeah, which is almost the not uh, not totally fair from CRA's point of view that they give you to June 15th to file your return, but only till April 30th to pay the taxes. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. like how do you know how much? So, right. And uh, if you do owe interest, it's not a small amount. It's prime plus three, but here's the kicker. It's compounded daily. Okay. So the interest is compounded daily where every other financial institution might be compounded quarterly, monthly, but never daily. So. Okay. And just kind of explain to the listeners what kind of an impact daily compounding can have on a, on a, uh, on a sum. Well, it's basically uh, interest on interest. So if you owed $1,000 penalties on interest, then you're starting to get interest compounded daily on that. That thousand dollars can balloon up into you know many thousands of dollars within the next year or two. Whereas if you went to a bank and borrowed that money, you can pay it off with a lesser penalty. And here's the kicker: interest you pay to CRA is not tax deductible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So say you were a business, <laughs> yeah, and you had to borrow money for business purposes, you can write that interest off. If you have to borrow money to pay off your penalty for uh, interest for CRA. Not deductible, right? So it gets you both ways. Yeah, so you're you're better to, um, in your mind, maybe you're you're actually boring to pay the taxes, but you're better to use your cash to do that and borrow for something that is deductible. Absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, I hate to say, so it, but if you just don't even have the money and you have to borrow to pay your taxes, absolutely borrow to pay your yeah. taxes. Pay the bank back; it'll be a lower interest rate. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and you certainly don't need the stress of of knowing that you owe them either. <laughs> Not at all. And yeah. if I can if I can just uh, get into a separate situation on penalties that a lot of people don't understand, and <clears throat> unfortunately, uh, a younger client of ours just got assessed this penalty last week. It's the non-claiming of income. So when you bring all your information to us, we don't know, especially for younger people that tend to have three, four, five jobs mm-hmm. at a time. We don't know if you didn't give us all the T4 slips. Right. So in this particular instance, the one uh, person didn't give us a T4 slip for 2013. Unfortunately, they didn't give us a T slip for 2012. Mm-hmm. Two, years within a three, two years within a three-year period. This 22-year-old person got a $1,200 <clears throat> penalty. Wow. Because if you don't claim income within a two with two years within a three year period, then it's a twenty percent penalty on the income. So mm-hmm. I can't stress enough to the listening audience to make sure you keep a file. Make sure you keep track of your activities during the year and make sure you report all your income. 
don't forget it because the government matches it up in the summertime, so they will know. Well, yeah, and I guess I guess that's always the the important thing, especially for young people to realize that that they will know. Absolutely. You know, and yeah. You know, if if there's a if there's a T slip produced for something, um, you know, they are going to know for sure. So even if it's a small amount, I guess, and I guess that's that's the thing here. Um, it could be a small amount, but it still means it still could qualify you for the two year problem. Yeah, absolutely. It could be like for ten dollars the first year, strike one. It could be for ten thousand dollars the second year. That's your strike yeah. two, and the penalty is based on the ten thousand. Yeah. So you really have to be aware of that, and the onus is on the taxpayer. Right. Um, I guess that I guess that's always the case, um, and I know that you know sometimes we think possibly think that you know we send that that return in, and because CRA would um, they would correct it if it was to their benefit, but you're you're saying that they don't correct it if it's if it's to um, the taxpayer's benefit. Um, but we maybe sort of have that, oh, well, they go through it, they'd correct it, kind of. Um. That's a very good point. They will go through it, and they will correct it, and they'll ask for more money from you if you owe them. But they will correct it, or they won't actually correct it if you uh, are getting a higher refund. Wow. It is a one-way street. Mm-hmm. Not fair, mm-hmm. but reality. Yeah, well, you know, it it uh, it kind of points to to why we feel the way we do sometimes about paying our taxes too. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, you know what? It's a good it's a good time, I think, to to go for a break, and uh, we'll have more discussion on this very shortly. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. And we're back. The topic of the show today is the perils of completing your own income tax return. And my guest is Paul Drillard. Um, So, Paul, we talked about people, you know, who may have missed um, you know, one bit of income that they didn't report, that that can have some fairly serious consequences for them. Um, what about if somebody just was neglectful and didn't um, 
didn't submit an income tax return for a couple of years. Um, what are the consequences of that, and and um, what advice can you give um, to someone that might be in that position? Lynn, you'd be surprised how much that is more common than you think. We constantly, all year round, we are working on income taxes, not just during March and April. Tax mm-hmm. season never ends for us because there's a lot of people out there that um, get busy, um, procrastinate, um, and come in here with multiple years, two, three. We're actually working on one right now where it's 12 years. Holy and I'll get back smoke. On that one. Yeah, 12 years. But if it's two years, three years, and again, if you owe them money, it's not a problem. Just file your returns, send it in, you get your refund back. Sorry, are you mean if 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 they owe you or if they owe you? If they owe you. Sorry, if they owe you. Did yeah. I say you owe them? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, if yeah. they owe you. Yeah. If they owe yeah, you. Right. The problem with that is that if you qualified for any kind of child tax benefit or any kind of uh, HST trillion benefit, you will not get that if it's over two years of filing. So you have to make mm. sure if you have uh, children at home, you just will not get your child tax benefit. That's how we end up getting a lot of clients in the door here because the spouse finally says, look, at file your return so we can get our child tax benefit. So that's the right. spur for uh, people that way. For those who are really negligent on filing and have like multiple, multiple years, such as this uh, 12-year client we're working on right now, there's a program called the Voluntary Disclosure. And what you do is you do all the tax returns and you submit it to the government without the name, without the name so they don't know who it is. Okay. And you just say, our client wants to make a voluntary disclosure. They want to file all the returns. They want to pay all the tax owing. Will you waive the penalty interest? Okay. In most of the circumstances, the government will say, yes, we will waive the penalties and interest. Just have your client file. And that's when you can reveal the name, file the returns, and everything goes perfectly that way. Mm -hmm. It's a good good program. It's the government's way of saying, come on, get back on track. We're not going to nail you to the wall. We just want you to get back and be honest like everybody else in the the country. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it is a good program. But, yes, it is very common. Yeah, so for people that are out there, if you haven't filed a year or two, don't worry about it. Bring it in. File it. If they owe you money, there's no problem. Yep. Okay. So so what about, um, you know, how do, how does somebody get to 12 years without? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny how that happens. Uh, people sometimes say, how did the last five years just slip out of my hands? Because yeah. especially for... And I'm not trying to uh, generalize, but for younger people who are graduating and getting new jobs and moving and, you know, might be living in Toronto, then they get another job in Montreal, then they get another job in Ottawa. They're moving, they're growing a family, they're, they just get so busy, they forget, mm-hmm. especially if they're self-employed, because there's no T4 in the mail to remind them to file a tax return. Oh, yeah. So this true. mostly happens to T4 or to self-employed people who just... They're so focused on their business, and there's nothing sent to them to remind them to file a tax return. They just forget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's well, where the dollars add up big. Right, right. And I can almost see it with 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 young people if they haven't been in the habit of doing it. That's right. Um, but it, you know, it does come along every year. <laughs> 
It's not. It does, and you don't. And you, if you listen to the radio, if you listen to your friends, you know it's here because everybody's talking yeah. about tax time, RSP season. So you know it's here. So I agree with you uh, yeah. because even I maybe because it's my life, I couldn't sleep at night knowing that I was offside that way. Well, and I think so many that people are so are, are of such extreme because um, you know there's so many that that you know aren't comfortable if they don't have it in you know three weeks ahead. <laughs> you know that. Yeah. You, you know that that to leave it for a couple of years. Um, yeah, and the nice thing I wanted to mention about uh, just what you said about missing slips and else. The one nice thing, and again, I'll just give a plug for our own firm here. What we do is we keep track of how many file, how many uh, T-slips and what you had the last year or the year before. So, again, if you come back to us this next year, we know you had three T-4s. We know you had five T-5s. We know you had two T-3s. So if you don't give us those numbers again this year, we're going to question you on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that has worked like a charm for a lot of people because they're like, oh, yeah, you're right. Where is that T-slip from the RBC bank? So right. it does work. So, so even if you don't use us, if you do it yourself, do that check. Just make sure you look right. at last year's, what did I claim, do I have the same this year? And as far as different institutions sending out slips, when does a person know that there would be nothing else that should come in the mail for their taxes? And there's the issue. Financial institutions have to the end of March to send out their uh, investment income slips, the T3s and the mm-hmm. T5s. So if you're one of these anxious people who wants to get your tax return filed and you actually file it in March, you might be missing that slip. What you need to do is look at how many accounts do I have? How many investment accounts do I have? Because you should get a T3 and maybe even a T5 slip for each account. So mm-hmm. you want to look and say, okay, I have three investment accounts. I have to make sure I actually have three slips for each investment or a slip for each investment account. Once right. you have that, and still if in doubt, call you. Call their financial advisor mm-hmm. and say, Lynn, how many should I have this year? Exactly. And you can help yeah. them out. Yeah. And that is the um, thing because, we try to do. Yeah, there's nothing worse than, you know, a client taking everything in early, and then they're annoyed when something comes the last week of March, right? Because yeah. they've sent it in, it's all been done, and now they've got to go back with another uh, with another slip, and and they're annoyed because they thought they had the thing done. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is important for people to know that those slips could be coming until um, up till the end of up to the end of March. Yep, and because the other common one is uh, companies that do RSP contributions on behalf of the employee. You know yourself, mm-hmm. January and February, they're allowable to be contributed and deducted in the prior year. Well, right. If the contribution through payroll happens in February, they're probably not going to get that slip until near the end of March. Mm-hmm. They'll do their tax return, and they'll see this additional RSP contribution slip for $50, $100, or whatever. Oh, can right. you redo my return? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess the, the case in, in, you know, in that case, they can always apply it to the to the following year, but you know, to have that one slip for a small amount like that, it's it's easy to uh, easy lo- to lose track of it too. Absolutely, and again, you don't want them hanging on to your money longer than they should. So, yes, it'd be nice to get that extra refund now. 
bought on yes. fifty bucks. I know. <laughs> on a on I a fifty dollar deduction. <laughs> I hear you. Oh dear. So. Yeah. Okay. So we we you know set things up a little bit that we're maybe you know talking to people who may consider uh doing their own income tax returns and um you know could could a person really expect to you know know how to check off all the boxes and when they're only preparing one you know one or two um tax returns in a year you know that's a very good question and that actually um is a is a sore point with me to an to an extent okay if you have just a t4 slip and maybe an rsb contribution and you really feel comfortable filling out your own return because it's that basic just make sure you look at every box on that t4 slip just make sure you're not missing union dues charitable mm. donations medical um but majority of people even though they think they're their return is simple. It might they might be missing opportunities. And let me give you an example. T4 RSP. Okay, you have an RSP slip a T4 for forty thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. When we get to know the client, we're talking to the client, and the client says, "Oh yeah, I got a new job. I'm starting next year. I'm going to be making eighty thousand dollars next year. I got this fantastic new job." Well, you know what we're going to do with that RSP contribution? We're not going to claim mm-hmm. it. We're going to carry mm-hmm. it forward to the next year when he's making $80,000 or she's making $80,000 and get a much higher deduction for it. Right. If they're doing their own tax return, they won't even think of that, and they'll claim the yeah. RSP contribution and lose a higher refund than they would have gotten. Yeah. So does that cover our fee? Yes, it does. Oh, that's Just, true. Yeah. Yeah, so simple things like that. And if you get into more complex things where you have, like I talked about earlier, where you have elderly parents who you might be giving care to, if you have students going to college, university, and you're helping them with the tuition, if you have um, child care receipts, donations, because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't understand, too, donations, you can actually carry them forward and claim them later because once you get past $200 in donations, you get the highest tax rate deduction for those donations. Whereas okay. if it's less than $200, you only get the smallest. So if you have $50 or $75 this year, don't claim them. Save them to next year. Save them for three uh, years, then claim them. Again, the program won't tell you that. Right, right. So these are different strategies that uh, we, <laughs> because we have to go for many, many courses every year to stay up to date. We know that. Yeah. We know all the changes. Years years ago, I used to do um, I used to do our our income tax, and. Um, I'm very glad that I did because you have a whole different understanding of of the process because because you did them but you know I just I just remember you know you put it in on this line and you take it out on that line and the percentage of this and and you know it always looks like you're really getting something and then by the end of it it comes out to a zero <laughs> yeah you know yeah. you know see so you really do need to know all the ins and outs of the of the form that you're working with to to make the best of it, I think. Um, you really do, and you have to look at how valuable is your time and how valuable is getting rid of stress in your life. Yeah. I'll equate it, I'll equate it to um, changing the brakes on my car. Can I figure out how to do it and do it myself? I probably could, 
but the three hours it's going to take me to do my own breaks and the and the stress I'm going to give myself to do that versus paying my mechanic a couple hundred dollars to do it, and yeah. I know it's going to be done right, and I'm not going to go sailing through that stop sign, yeah, I'll pay yeah. him a couple hundred dollars to do it. Yeah, it's the same not only that... Yeah, not only that, your mechanic is doing that every day. Exactly. He's, he's dealing he with he's cars. Doing. He's he's doing with he's dealing with cars every day, and he's trained to do it. Mhm. Yes. So so for you to think, well, I can do it just as well. I can do it just as quick. I can be just as efficient. Is not really, um, you know, it's it's not a practical answer. No. And I can say that, you know, when we have clients coming in here and they said, we've done it ourselves for a number of years, or we've had this big, you know, international tax preparation firm do it for us for the last couple of years. Can you just take mm-hmm. a look at it and see if we missed anything? I would say at least 50% of the time we find missed deductions or mistakes. Uh-huh. It's that common. It's that common. Yeah. So. How many uh, How many tax returns do you look at in a year, Paul? We do about 3,600 tax returns. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, we do more than one. <laughs> you do more than one or two. Yeah. Yes. We have a lot of staff here that we bring in, and every partner checks every return that goes out of here just to make sure it's been done right. So, yeah, yeah by May, I'm a little bit grouchy, and I'm a little tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, a, but, you know, a very good a very good point, too, is that you, that you probably find something um, that that pays for the price of doing the return, um, and you know the peace of mind as well to know that it that it was done professionally. I think is an important thing as well. Anyway, well, time for us to what's that, oh, Paul? Ahead. Yep. Yeah, it's time t- time for us to go for a break. So uh, save that thought till after this break. We'll sure. be right back. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on A to Zen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at a to zen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Today we're talking with Paul Gerlard about income tax returns and why it might be best to consult a professional. Um, Paul, can you think of some other examples of um, of things that people may miss that uh, could either cost them money or or save them money? Sure, uh, it, there's always examples that come to mind. Um, 
again, let's take union dues. And this one is one that uh, when you prepare it yourself, you have to be very careful of. Because some unions actually give you a receipt for your union dues, plus they also put it on your T4 slip. Uh. So we see this a number of times where that the deduction gets duplicated. So now you've right. put it on your T4, and then you go and enter it on your union dues line, and it gets doubled up. Um you have the receipt, so in your mind, if you're preparing it yourself, you think, that's fine, I've got it. And then mm-hmm. come the summertime, when the government might kick your return out just for a review, though it's been duplicated, they'll, de- they'll reduce the deduction, then you mm-hmm. get a tax bill, plus interest, because it's now late. Mm-hmm. So that's one common one that uh, we see a lot of times. Another mm-hmm. one is... Uh, that might be missed is people who have investments and they borrow money for investments. Mm-hmm. The interest, the interest that they pay on that investment, is tax deductible is if it's to earn interest or dividend income. Mm-hmm. So again, if they have a ten thousand dollar line of credit that they've used to buy um, IBM shares that are giving them a dividend, that interest is tax deductible. That gets forgotten quite a few times. Okay. So, and again, these are things, um, even if you're taking your, your taxes out to do, to remember to mention it or remember to um, bring that statement that shows the interest yes. that you've paid as well. Yes. Um, yeah. There's so many things. Um, you know, if you happen to be in an employment position and you get downsized and you're, and you're having to get a legal matter to try and get some additional funds from the company, Legal fees can be deducted. So hmm. it's so important to talk to your advisors and say, okay, here's everything I'm happening in my life. Just by telling them yeah. that you've gone through these things, I will know that you're probably incurring legal fees. It's like, well, hey, how about your lawyer's bill? For what? You know, if you have um, a marital breakdown and uh, somebody is, is incurring legal fees to get spouse support, that legal fee is tax deductible if you're the person trying to claim or to get spousal support. So again, mm-hmm. we need to know all these things that are happening because we know the trigger. We know that, okay, if you're separating and you're filing for spousal support, we know you're incurring legal fees. We know that that's a deduction that you have. Right. But if you're going through all that yourself, your emotions are high enough that if you try and do your own tax return, you're not even going to think about legal fees because it's yeah. not been on your radar before. Right. And and then and then the next thing is to figure out the right forms and the right line to put it on and Oh my gosh, yes. yes. You know, how how to how to do it so that it's not going to be questioned at the other end too. Correct. Yep. A a common yeah. one that uh we see from uh from younger couples that are trying to have a baby is if they're going through in vitro and they have to drive to Mississauga or to Hamilton for for treatments. Those mm-hmm. are qualified medical expenses. Not only oh. is the fee that you're paying the clinic deductible, but so is the travel cost, and so are meal allowance for that trip. Those okay. are qualified medical costs. And again, most people will miss that. So this is where it really pays that if you have anything unusual happening in your life, you really have to right. kind of look at it and say, it's worthwhile to have a professional look at my stuff. And do it for okay, me. so so what if I what if I had um, fees like um, or expenses from 
uh, going for treatments, but I didn't, um, you know, keep the receipt for the for the meal or the or the gas for that trip and and that kind of thing. For for meals and for travel, you don't need receipts. There's a simplified okay. method that is used, and it's basically for mileage. It's a kilometer charge. So. What we do is we just figure out that it's X kilometers from your house to your clinic in Hamilton. And all you have to do is keep track of how many trips you were there, which will be easy enough because the clinic will just give you a list of how many visits you had. Meals as well is a flat fee per day. So if you're traveling there and back, you get basically the one meal a day, $17 a meal. That's the simplified method. So you don't need receipts for that at all. Well, well, that that's great because it, you know, you could think, well, I didn't keep them, so I missed out on that. Uh, even even if you did kind of know after the fact, you didn't know going into it, but you knew after the fact that um, we haven't totally missed out on that. We've got a listener who says, I'd never think of telling my accountant that I'm going for medical or fertility treatments, and I think that's really the, you know, one of the main messages that we're we're coming up with this morning is that you you really have to be willing to share with your accountant if if you want to take advantage of of everything um you know so many of these things you would you would think that well that's not what the accountant deals with so why would i you know why would i tell the accountant all this um it's so true you know, that but, it's so personal and in some instances it's so embarrassing so yeah yeah. They don't want to, but uh, I often tell my colleagues I'm half accountant, half psychologist because a lot of yes. my clients do tell me all that stuff plus more. And yep. uh, I encourage that because by telling me all this stuff, I can garner out all that additional information that can help you out. Um, yes. Same with, yeah. you know, if you anytime you have to leave the region for medical help, there's medical costs okay. there. And that's okay. available. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, Anytime you're going through any kind of a marital problem, there's tax implications. We need to know about that too. Uh-huh. And it's a very it's a very emotional subject. So I know it's very hard for clients to let us know that their spouse left them, you know, yeah. and they're going through a very terrible time. And I can sympathize with that, but there's but there's actually tax benefits sometimes to that position. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we do need to know that. Yeah, for sure. And and I think you know many times on the show we we have made this this comment that Canadians don't like to talk about money to start with. So you know we have this this aversion to sharing about our money. Now, granted, I guess we know we need to share with our accountant about about our money, but you know, to add all these other things and to realize that, that your accountant really needs to know what's going on in your life. And it's it's the same with your financial advisor. You can't give, you know, we can't give good advice either if we don't really know what's um, all of the picture. Exactly. And, and that's why I can't stress enough that if you are not comfortable with your financial advisor, your accountant, or your lawyer, get one that you are comfortable with. Because right. once you actually have that connection and you're comfortable so just the the words will flow, the information will just flow because the comfort level is there. And because mm-hmm. we are, you and I are dealing with the uh, financial well-being of our clients, you know, they it's paramount that they that they trust us and uh I don't want I don't want to say become friends with us, but a lot of my clients have become friends because we've become mm-hmm. that close. Mhm. Yeah. 
Well, and, and I think I think it comes from the the fact that that you are with them over a number of years, and and so you you do, you know, they do share with you things that maybe they don't share with with a lot of the people they would say were their close friends. That's correct. It's very 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 true, and because yeah. they know that uh, it stops here, like. I always tell my clients, I'm like Vegas. Whatever you tell me stays. (laughs) (laughs) You're like Vegas. Well, that's good. (laughs) That's good to know. (laughs) So um, what other lines on the the tax return uh, should people be aware of or um, what other things do, should people be really cognizant that they're taking to their their accountant um, when they're gathering up things. Uh, what other things do people sometimes miss? Well, there's a whole bunch of things that, uh, what I want to touch on is that throughout a person's lifetime, you're whether you're an employee or you're self-employed, you might decide to get into uh, a rental property. You might decide to rent out a room in your house. You might buy a stock one day. So all these different things have different tax you know, exposures. You know, buying a stock in a company has investment income, possibly eventually capital gains income. Having a rental property or renting out a room in your house, you'll have, uh, you know, property income, and that's handled by a different way. So mm-hmm. as soon as you have any kind of these changes in your life, and let me just, renting out a room in your house is getting more and more common, especially in our mm-hmm. city area where vacancy rates are so low people are starting to rent out part of the rooms. Mm-hmm. The biggest fallacy is, oh, my God, I just rented out part of my principal residence, therefore I'm going to have capital gains. No, you're not. There's no capital okay. gains unless it's a structural change. But you do now have to claim the rental income, and also right. then you can claim part of your expenses of your house as expenses against that rental property, and then claim either the loss or the gain on that rental. Right. But there's no capital gains issues there. Okay. I actually and, gave a and, seminar on Thursday night, and the one fella said to me after, he says, yeah, I have a basement that's non-conforming, and I rent it out, so I've been told I don't have to claim it as income. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, you do. <laughs> Just because you're offside of one rule doesn't mean you have to be offside of all the rules. <laughs> yeah, and it, I, I have to wonder who told him it, right? <laughs> Like, I, I know. I, sh- I shudder was, sometimes. Was it, was, was it his mechanic who told him that he didn't have to claim it? You know all those armchair quarterback for football? Well, there's armchair yeah. quarterback for accounting and tax. <laughs> yeah. So in so. some cases, you know, there's advantages then to actually claiming the room because you've got expenses that you can claim against it too. So, um you know the the result of claiming that income uh is often not what people think it's going to be and you really can't know until you do your taxes what you know what um how it's going to affect your your taxes yes yeah. and if you don't claim it as income and your tenant claims your rent as uh for the trillion benefit and they mm-hmm. matched up to yours and find out you didn't claim it as rent bad news Mhm. Mm-hmm. So you have to make sure too that uh, for every cause there's an effect. Yeah, and and it's it's not worth getting into a hassle by not claiming it either. Not at all. Right. Not at all. Yeah. Not for the small dollars in tax you'll pay or not pay as a result. 
Yeah, and I I think that's you know that's the thing that that we need to be very clear is you know you look at that income but the the implications at the bottom line you know may be so small that it's not worth not claiming it you know not right. worth trying to to not show it or whatever somebody might try to do yeah because remember if, it, if it's a hundred dollars income and you say ah forget it, i'm not going to bother claiming it and you don't and they can catch you there's strike one remember i said about non-claiming right income? there's strike one right so you have to be aware yeah. yeah. Uh, time to go for another break. Um, and when we come back, I want to, to talk to you about the best way for people to keep track of those receipts and those slips that are coming in the mail and all of that kind of thing. Sure. We'll be right back. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on A to Zen.fm. Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atozen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. Again, today I'm chatting with Paul Drillard. Paul, what different ways have you seen, uh, effective or non-effective, uh, for, that people keep track of, of their receipts and, and all of the things that's, that relate to their, to their income tax? What works? What doesn't work? Well, in the end, everything works. It's just a matter of how much effort it gets to make it work. We've had that proverbial shoebox where we've had just receipts scrunched up and thrown in the way out to actually iron out and add all up and uh, <laughs> we will do it we don't like to do it and the cost you'll be a lot higher because we have to do it but uh, so we've right. had everything from that beautifully organized you know file folder that's labeled with every type of expense and all that wonderful stuff which we love mm-hmm. we've had uh, excel spreadsheets where people have um, listed everything that they have which you can use as a double check um by and large, the most common thing we get are envelopes and or file folders, and that's mm-hmm. that's absolutely fine. That's what I do. I have a file folder in my desk. Anything to do with income tax, I throw in that file folder. So come the end of the year, there's everything to do in that file folder right there, um, and that's what we tell most of our clients. Do that. Get an envelope system going. Anything you get during the year, if you get that um, stock sale that you did in uh, March the year before, throw it in that envelope. If you get that... Um, you know, early tea slip or whatever, throw the envelope because it's so easy. And I've seen this so many times with RSP withdrawals. You take an RSP withdrawal out mm. in March of 2015. Okay. Right. I don't have to claim that on my tax return until next year. 
So if I don't do something with that slip that I'm going to get now, in a year from now, it's like it's off my radar that I even took that money out of the business or out of the RSP. Right. So those are the kind of things that you want to really make sure you have a, a secure home and just one spot, one spot only because uh, we get busy and we just forget where we put things. And especially if mm-hmm. you're moving, heaven help us if we're yes. moving. Yeah. So that's the most common problem is that you've moved, you've forgotten where that file is, or you've forgotten to tell everybody where you've moved to. So that T4 slip that you worked for, you know, ABC company, and then quit, they have your old address on file. Right. And you're yep. not going to get that T4 slip. Mm-hmm. Again, that's a real common problem with, and I'm not generalizing, but students. That's a big common problem with students because they, they tend to move because they're trying to find, you know, find what's best for them. So they get a T4 slip mailed to their old address. The new tenants might send it back, might throw in the garbage. You don't know. Right, right. So it's on the onus of you to figure out where it is. Yes, so. yeah, and yeah, and it, it could be a, an employer from you know a few months behind too, right? That absolutely that that, um, that you lose track of. So yeah, that would be. Um, so how do how do people know what they should be putting in that folder? I always tell people, if in doubt, throw it in. Anything that looks like mm-hmm. it's going to affect you personally from a tax point of view, um, throw it in. If you've got anything from a medical receipt, throw it in. If you've had um, anything to do um, that affects your wallet, that's mm-hmm. basically what I say. If it affects your wallet, okay. throw it in there. So if you've uh, if you incurred fees from your bank, throw it in there. You know, we'll know what's deductible, what's not. We've had some people even throw in their, um, you know, all their hockey costs and everything else, which we can't write off the hockey, but we can have the activity credit. We can have the fitness credit. So all those things, mm-hmm. you can throw it in. We right. do this for a living, so we're so fast at going through envelopes and sorting out what needed, what's not needed. Um, right. That it's just, it's, it becomes second nature for us. And that's yeah. what a lot of people say, I can't I can't see how you do what you do. It's like well like, <laughs> <laughs> Well and and part of that is that it's that it's so distasteful for some people, right? Like some people really, really dislike dealing with this stuff. Oh yeah. They think I'm crazy doing what I do. Yeah. Yeah. But then when I when I hand it back to them and I and uh, I give it back to them and it's all nice and neat and orderly and I say okay you're getting a six hundred dollar return, and they have the biggest smile on their face, it makes it all right. worthwhile. Yeah. yeah. So I think our. So go ahead. Yeah. I think our main messages today are you need to share with your accountant what's going on with you and maybe, um, you know, I mean you're going to ask questions. The the client needs to share, but the client maybe needs to ask questions too, um, such as, you know, how is this going to affect me and that, and, you know, just for them to ask the questions as well. So what final what final um, message would you like to give the listeners today, Paul? If it, uh, if it looked easy, um, everybody could do it, but it's mm-hmm. not easy. So really I have to say that... Um, Use a professional and, mm-hmm. you know, at least see what a one-year or two-year looks like compared to what you would have done. And you might be pleasantly surprised that you have right. actually missed something. Um, 
actually the one uh right now we don't we don't tax um gambling proceeds mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whereas the US does so you know different types of income that's the other thing too you have to look at i have different types yeah. of income and what do i claim some are legal right. some are illegal but you know what? even the little illegal activities have to be claimed and <laughs> what i mean by that is it could be something like you're lending money out at a higher rate than is legal really and okay and that still hmm. has to be claimed as income. Hmm. So, and there are some people out there that have, you know, some extra money and do lend out money, and uh, it is a higher rate than is actually legally permitted. Mm-hmm. But again, claim that as income. So, you don't know. You don't ever know all the rules, and that's what we're here for. Is we knew all the rules. So that's awesome. For the yeah. hundred and fifty dollars or two hundred dollars or whatever it's going to try to cost you, it's going to pay you dividends. And let's just sleep at night. Knowing it's yeah. done right. Yeah, yeah. So. And you can you can be reached through your website, I believe, Paul. Yes, I can. That's dskcga.com, or you can just mm-hmm. phone us at five one nine two four nine twelve zero nine. That's great. And that's if you have any further questions for Paul, uh, feel free to give him a shout. Uh, thanks, uh, Paul, for being with us for sharing your tips and strategies. Um, I'm sure we've all learned something today. Thank you very much, Lynn. It was a pleasure. That's great. Have a good so week. next, you too. Uh, next week, our guest will be Gail Vaz Oxlade, who will be sharing her rules for starting out or starting over. Yes, that's Gail from the TV show Until Debt Us Do Part. There are so many things to consider when entering a new relationship, not the least of which are the financial considerations. However, this is too often forgotten in all the excitement, misunderstanding, miscommunication, and different expectations abound. Join us as we discuss steps to get a new relationship off on the right foot. Remember, we welcome your comments on Step Right with Lynn. Send me an email at lynn at stepright.ca. That's L-Y-N-N at stepright, S-T-E-P-R-I-G-H-T dot C-A. This is Lynn Wedham, and the show is Step Right with Lynn. Until next time, take the right steps to support yourself, your family, and your community. Thank you for choosing to listen to Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham will return next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Mountain, and 6 a.m. Pacific on AtoZen.fm. We hope you'll join us. Remember to celebrate your wealth by doing something for yourself, your family, and your community. Until next time.